What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. When Chris and I first started the Play Sound podcast, we had some thoughts about separating out episodes based on whatever game we're into, but nothing ever came from that or felt compelling enough to do an entire podcast episode on. That changes today. We've created this podcast episode specifically around Persona 5 Royal for your listening enjoyment. It's also been separated out into multiple YouTube videos, so you can see our amazing, laggy, Skype-recorded faces while you listen. So check out the official PlaySound Podcast YouTube channel if you haven't yet, but in the meantime, let's start the show. And we are here with the first episode of our podcast dedicated entirely to Persona, podcast slash YouTube video. Bam. How excited are you, man? This, I'm this excited. We've been I, waiting I've, for this. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. We've been saying we could do this for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're here. Uh, we've covered the first, I call, I call them arc in, uh, arcs in uh, Persona 5. Yeah, the um, first like the first confidant, right? Like the first, um, the first like the first like castle. big bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I've never played Persona before, so this has been really cool for me to kind of dive in uh, and find out what this whole series is about. Um, and so yeah, it's really cool. I uh, I haven't I played Persona Five in like 2018, and I played it for two and a half hours. It shows up on my PlayStation account because I look at that. <laughs> and, uh, and I played it one time, and I've never played it again. And uh, so I have uh, played Persona 5 Royal just about 10 times as much as I played Persona 5. Yeah, and I'm kind of in a similar boat. I finally I started playing Persona whenever it first came out because it was kind of getting like these crazy reviews across the board when Persona 5 came out. And this is just like a little bit of background for everyone who's watching about like my history with Persona. I played Persona 5, and I stopped after I beat Kamoshida's Palace. Like, I, I never got any any more into it than that. I moved from one city to another and just ended up not finding time to play a 100-plus-hour game. And then decided, whenever Persona 4 Golden launched last year, that I was going to play through it. I don't know what did it maybe it was covid maybe it was just being inside all the time and having like all of this additional time to like fuck around and do nothing but Bam. yeah so i beat persona 4 golden earlier this year in 2021 and and then we made a blood pack to play through this game together uh yeah you know from separate locations but we're, we're trying to keep pace with each other and you know and not get too far ahead or too far behind uh so we can you know we're basically covering the same amount of uh, game at the same time. Well, and uh, here we are, right? Calling ourselves the Phantom Dweebs. <laughs> the Phantom Dweebs. <laughs> I love it. I think we have to go with it. Like, what what else is there to to go with now that you've said it? Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to look past it and think of anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I kind of want to get a T-shirt that says the Phantom Dweebs. <laughs> Honestly, that might end up being the podcast name. Um, but the reason that we're doing this is because as opposed to doing our regular podcast, which isn't really all that regular, like we, we might do an episode every couple of months. We wanted to do something where we specifically talked about Persona, this game that I've learned to love, this series that I've learned to love and have learned a lot about. And 
that you, as like this newcomer, are just now getting into. Yeah, it's a uh, it's really cool. I don't have a lot going on in my free time, and so you know what? When I uh, when you asked me if I wanted to dedicate a hundred plus hours to this game, I said, "Heck, why not? Let's give it." A I go. think it's gonna be closer to like like the way that we're gonna play this. It's probably gonna be closer to like 120, 130 Is is yeah. my expectation of this game? Look, I I'm about like I said, I, I've said uh, I'm about twenty hours in, and I've watched um, a couple of like Persona Five. Uh, YouTube videos like for beginners and like uh, yeah. Persona Five uh, videos covering this or that, and man, you almost have they, to. Sometimes whenever they sh- yeah, and sometimes whenever they show the map of like where you can go in Japan, I realize I have like uh, <laughs> I have unlocked about like just a very small increment of what is actually like going to end up being available available to me like later on in the game and i'm just like oh cool so i've played 20 hours and i can go to three (laughs) places and there's looks like you can go to like 15 places by like the end of the game or at some point i'm just that's a big knock on this game too is that people say it's like a 15 hour tutorial and to the people who say that i say screw that it's fun yeah i enjoy it and you have to spend that time learning how to play this game yeah, well, I think, and again, uh, well, not again, but the game does. So, the, so let's say that the game is like a hundred and uh, between a hundred and a hundred and twenty hours. Like, it makes sense that like the first um, like fifteen hours or so would be tutorial based. Like, it is such a large game, and it covers yeah. so many areas, and there's so much to do. It it makes sense that yeah, the game is gonna hold your hands for the first fifteen to twenty hours. Because if not, you know, because it has to, it has to like, it it absolutely has to, or, or, or you would just end up, uh, in like a demon souls world where you have to like Google every single thing. And that's really annoying. And that's why I stopped playing it. I have no, uh, regrets. So before (laughs) we really get into like the meat and potatoes of persona five, because we're going to get into everything from story spoilers to our initial impressions our favorite confidants, the battle system, SP, dungeon crawling, how you have to manage like your time as a student with your time as a like essentially your home life and thank, your thank battling. God. Like, oh my God, we're going to talk about all of this, Chris. Thank goodness I'm playing this game at like 28 and not when I was actually in college or school because... Oh, it would have sucked. It, I would have been terrible at it. I pro- it probably would have reflected my actual school life and like, uh, yeah. you know, work school responsibilities and I would have been terrible at the game. But, but now like I better because you can better. have relationships with some of the confidants. Yeah, that's true. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like, I think that we're going to get into all of this, but the big reason why, uh, I'm excited to talk about this is because it's like kind of this unknown quantity for both of us, where it's a game that is considered a masterpiece that not many people I know have played it. And I think that whenever you first start looking at this, it seems so absolutely unapproachable from the perspective of like your average not just like younger kid who might be looking at this this is like a very mature game with like mature themes and everything but like there's this this point where 
maybe you have time, maybe you're in college and you can play this, or you're in our shoes where we're like adults and we work and we barely have time and it just seemed super unapproachable. But I think we had the benefit of time because of COVID to like really get into this. And I'm excited to start explaining why I love this game and dive into like the nitty gritty stuff with you about like what this series and what this game is. Yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, I have some thoughts too on it. Like I said, it's a, uh, it's, I, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, what I've played so far. Uh, yeah. it's, it's been a, I was initially kind of annoyed with the, maybe the lack there of like, like at one point, at some point, I guess I figured the game would just let go of my hand. Like I said, the game holds your hand for a very long time. And at some point sure. I was just like, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, hey, let go. Like, I got this. Like, I'm doing this on my own. And then, and then anytime I felt like the game did that for even like a brief second or so, I was like, Bobby, <laughs> come back. I don't know where I am. And yeah. It was like, no, I got you. All right. Like, <laughs> you're going to be fine. So, uh, so something but, else that I think is really important to, to that point before we really dive into this is that this game can go one of two ways. And I think that I ruined it for myself the first time I tried playing because I think one way that you can play this is by trying to min-max from the very start and looking online at guides, figuring out what you should do every individual day, what you're missing out on, which confidant you should talk to, what day you should be finishing the dungeon by, how many days you should be finishing the dungeon in. And there's just all of this, like min maxing stuff that you can get into that in my opinion um makes it a whole lot less fun it makes it a whole lot less random and it makes it feel a whole lot less like it's supposed to persona is supposed to feel like you're just living your life and doing the best you can and not having any fomo over what you missed because it that it's like your experience so that's what i'm excited about is to play through this game without using many guides without cheating or like i think looking at test answers is one thing but looking at what to do on any individual <laughs> day is another so that's that's my thoughts chris what, what do you think uh yeah uh i don't know I, i've watched like a couple of uh like beginner videos for persona right like i've never played a persona yeah. game uh so it's it, it, it's you know uh, it's I think okay for me to watch a couple beginner videos and just gain some better understanding as to what SP is and where when I should go visit confidants and you know this kind of stuff. But like like you were saying, like the uh, there's like a network feature in Persona Five Royal that allows you to view what other people did on whatever day. I don't know, I don't look at that. Like I'm just like you know what I want to go home. Oh, I see, I do. Do you really? I, I'm I like, do. I wanna yeah. Go home. I want to go home. I want to watch a movie. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna watch a movie. Like it's a it's not a big, uh, not a big thing for me. I, I did it a couple of times, and then once I realized like that I was kind of in line with what everyone else seemed to be doing, I was just like, oh yeah. Then I, I feel like I have like enough of an understanding that I don't have to keep going back into this and seeing, you know, I, I can just kind of do my own thing, and I should be fine. Sure, sure. Well, so let's let's do this then. Let's go into this like in the order that we have it written out in our. Uh, notes for this episode where let's talk about Kamashita's palace and the, kind of the story behind it. And then we'll get a little bit deeper into it. We'll get into some initial impressions. We'll talk about the confidant system, the battle system, the story as a whole. We'll compare it to some other games and then we'll discuss the balance between everything. Um, let's do it. So 
Kamashita's Palace, right? This is yeah. the first thing. It's kind of like the tutorial of the game. Um, if I can start this conversation with saying that, like, Kamashita is just like a general shitball. I hate him. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. For for anyone that for anyone who doesn't uh, play Persona or who <laughs> spoilers. Uh, yeah, for uh, yeah, for really spoilers for like the Kamashita bit of this uh, game. Um, Literally, like one tenth of the entire game. Yeah, um, you know, uh, you know, Kamashita is this. Uh, you 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 play as this uh, as a student who has uh, had to move and transfer schools because he was trying to help. This is like, can we can we talk about the beginning part of this game here? Uh, sure. Yeah. This, this is like. This was something I felt like whenever you said that um, you played through Persona 4 and you talked mm-hmm. about how the game dealt with adult, con- like certain adult themes and adult subject matter, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like I didn't really know what that meant. Um, yeah. It's a pretty broad thing that, to say, um, but I kind of got what I thought was the gist that you, you, know, you were talking about. Um, this game opens up with you play as this like high school student uh, who is trying who is walking home from uh someplace uh one night and tries to stop a man forcing himself on a younger girl and then you get arrested and you know taken away and then forced to transfer to another school because he's like a rich rich motherfucker who can sue you yeah and it's it's just like and that was like that's such a crazy thing i was like oh snap like and so you transfer to this new school and everyone's looking at you like oh snap it's the guy with a criminal record like this dude is one bad mofo like we don't want to get in line with him like everyone (laughs) he might kill you yeah 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 he might have a knife on you who knows and and so you get this really bad rep uh, right from the get-go for just trying yeah. to help someone, you know? And and it's kind of a really... Well, uh, and, and, like, eventually you realize that it was Mishima's fault. Who? Because he... Mishima. Uh, because he, he ends up, like, creating this website, right, about you whenever you come, or, like, some blog post or something. He's the same guy who eventually creates the Phantom Thieves website, but, like, he creates this website because Kamoshida wants him to. Yeah, right. So, like, uh, so he kind of leaks your like history uh like your criminal past with uh to everyone in the school and so you get kind mm-hmm. of this bad rep that uh that and no one wants to be around you and everyone's everyone's trying to avoid you and the only kid that it kind of will uh will approach you is uh ryuji is this how you ryuji. pronounce your name? Ryuji? i think so yeah um and so you guys kind of like this band of miss you create this like kind of uh friendship you know this band of misfits kind of thing because he's kind of an, uh, an exile from the rest of the school as well, and nobody likes him. And because uh, he is the reason there's no track team, because he's the reason there's no track team. He, he, right. uh, him and Kamashita got in, into it like about a year ago because Kamashita was the the head coach, and so you had uh, and I think Ryuji like uh, got egged on by Kamashita at one point and then tried to punch him or something. And instead, and he got into a fight, and so the whole track team got uh, dismantled, dismantled, and yeah. you know, canceled, and they, yeah, everyone hates Ryuji now. But this uh, is like the, this is like the backstory to it, and I just to compare this to Persona Four for a second. Whenever you move to town in Persona Four, whenever you you like move to Inaba, which is where where that game takes place. Uh, your main character is just kind of moving there for the summer. He's going there to stay with his uh, with his uncle and and his uncle's daughter, and like that's the story behind it. There's no like setup of 
oh man, like this guy punched an older dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, but it, it, it just like really sets the stage for um, kind of being an outcast the entire time in this game compared to, uh, in my opinion, Persona 4, where you're like friends with everyone. You're like the most popular kid in school in that yeah. game versus this where you're like an outcast. And I think that's really cool. I think it's like a really cool way to um, like start the story. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, I, I kind of kind of got off uh, off topic a bit, but uh, Kamoshida is the first big bad. He's the he's a high school teacher at the school you you've been now transferred to, um, and you find out that he is like physically abusing and mentally abusing like his uh, uh, students and like the players on the volleyball teams, um, both male and female. And so you set out to you set out to change his heart. He got two of, big furs britches. <laughs> by way of uh, going into the what they call the metaverse and yeah. going to his quote unquote palace and volleyball you know. teacher, like volleyball Olympian, is what he is. He's like an Olympic champion yeah. that is also their PE instructor and this school's volleyball teacher. Um, Shujin Academy is the name of the school, yeah. and. He's like their volleyball teacher, and he, like he's super corrupt. His only thing is that he it's like he views the school as his castle, and he wants the school to be like this volleyball powerhouse. He wants control over everybody and everything, and because of his fame, he has that. Yeah, and people see that, and all of a sudden. As the main character, you have this thing on your phone and you like stumble into this um, thing, this castle that is essentially what Kamoshida views the school as. It's like his cognition of the school and it's a castle. And you have to, you, you end up teaming up with Ryuji and then eventually On follows you and. You, Ryuji, and An go and like fuck him up, essentially, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, and and then so that that to me was uh, so basically the intro I thought uh, was this game dealing with like you know adult content in the way that I didn't think it was really going to. Um, the the second oh shit moment for me was um, whenever uh, is it Shiho? Yeah, uh, Shiho. Aunt's friend from Aunt's friend, when yeah. she ho whenever she tries to commit suicide um, by jumping off the school or something because uh, she hates uh, she becomes so like everything is like so overbearing because the Kamashita stuff, the volleyball stuff, high school stuff, it's all like you know Kamashita like- pressures on into a relationship with him, yeah. and when An says no. Kamashita says he's going to take it out on Shiho by cutting her from the starting lineup of the volleyball team. And then he brings her into his office and verbally and physically abuses Shiho and causes her to want to commit suicide. And it's just this big story arc that, like, I think really sets the tone for this game of, like, oh, shit, you're not playing fucking Pokemon here. Like, this this isn't, like, this isn't, like, oh, we're going to, to... defeat the elite four it's like holy shit we're dealing with like real adult problems but looking at them through the context and through the lens of like these kind of superheroes who can change someone's heart and 
like save people by doing that. Is that just a cartoon, Mom? <laughs> it's a way of life. It's a way. It's a way of life. <laughs> Phantom thieves, man. Q Persona um, Five uh, intro. You never so, see it come. Come in. <laughs> so, Chris, what? And what what do you as like an outsider to this series coming into this and like never having really played another Persona game like is this what you were expecting as far as like story beats that were going to like drive everything along was like like teacher abuse inappropriate relationships um, money winning over right versus wrong with the main character and and that whole situation um. Kamashita yeah. forcing himself on on like was this the the context of the game that you were expecting or were you expecting something a little lighter I yeah I think I think I was definitely uh expecting something a little lighter I mean it's uh yeah I didn't really know what to expect um I vaguely remembered playing Persona 5 like a few years ago um sure like, but again I only played like the first couple hours um so much of that had really faded um but yeah no i mean it's a it's some really like heavy subject matter um just especially right from the get-go uh yeah and that totally took me by surprise i was like oh snap like whoa um but yeah i don't know i think uh from like uh so like the story is really good uh and i the only thing i i think i wish from like a presentation uh standpoint is that the game is certainly like a mix between like a manga and an anime um but it's a little almost like like sometimes i just feel like i'm like clicking the x button just so frequently to to just as i'm like reading through it almost feels yeah. like i'm like reading a manga like 75 percent uh, like a visual novel and i think that's part of the story so yeah. so that's definitely a part of like this game this this game is part visual novel part life simulator like a sims type of game or like animal crossing and part RPG, Dungeon Crawler. And I think that's something that I love about this is that it, like, manages all of these, like, innate, very separate systems. And, like, there are strings that combine all of them in, like, big ways. But it's not just one thing. You have to, like, kind of learn and, like, internalize how you deal with all of these and how, like, they connect to other parts of it. Yeah. I, uh... But I can't wish the they have they have like anime like like cutscenes that play for like like thirty to forty five seconds and I'm always kind of like no I just wish they would last longer sometimes yeah um, but there's maybe, a lot of them there there is um and maybe there will be more like as I continue into the game a little more um but yeah it kind of reminds me of like Fire Emblem Three Houses where I I played through it and I was like dang like I I really wish like another cutscene or two here and there would have been would have really yeah. added more to me. Um, but it, it's whatever. I mean, it, the game the game is still really cool. It's um, it's very well written in a sense. So you have obviously like, like we've talked about the subject matter and stuff, but also the characters are very well written so that you enjoy spending time with them and you enjoy, um, you know, the, the dialogue between the characters. And it's, yeah. it's never, uh, I never feel out of it in any way. Um, any, anytime I start to feel kind of removed from playing it uh the game pulls me right back in and yeah like like you said there's a multitude and a variety of different things to be done whenever um and it, it's really cool in that sense there's always something different going on if i persona feel like 5 royal contains multitudes 
Yeah. And so, yeah. I uh, I don't know. Forget what I was gonna say here, but. Well, who's who's your there. favorite confidant? Is there someone in the and, and I know that you you are a little farther in than I am, right? Like you're twenty ish hours in. I'm like seventeen. Um, but who's who's your favorite character in the game so far? Uh, Morgana's pretty great. Is really? Is, yeah, is more is Morgana? Is I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but is Morgana a guy or a girl? Guy. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, not um, a spoiler because Morgana talks about how into Lady On he is very early on, and Ryuji refers to Morgana as a guy early. Oh, okay. I was gonna say yeah, because he he is very into Lady On, but uh, I mean that, I mean he could still be a girl, and like you know that could be a thing. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I th- but I really love I really love uh, Morgana, um, and uh, and I love that's the- good because the consensus within the Persona community is that Morgana sucks. Really, and I disagree with that completely. I think Morgana is a great character. I get a kick out of Morgana, and any time Morgana and Ryuji fight, I just yeah. think it's the. I just think it's real comical, um, and and also I really like. I kind of like a uh, Takumi. Is it the the clinic doctor? Yeah. Um, I just think it's really funny. Um, there's a uh, there's a Persona Five for beginners video um, on the channel on YouTube. Uh, Super butter buns, and uh, as she's talking about. Uh, the Takemi or uh, the clinic doctor, she plays the uh, she plays the song uh, shots 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 shots, and it's like a montage of you just like taking the different all medicines. the clinical trials. Yeah, and doing yeah, all the well, clinical and, trials. and that's one thing I love that confidant. But I also think that as far as um, like characters go that are important with the story, yeah. I kind of have a hunch of of who I should be working on, and I know that Takemi and Ryuji are the two most important confidants to get up early. One, one because Ryuji at a certain level um, helps you clear more enemies and mementos faster. Okay. And I know that Takemi ends up um, being able to sell you SP restoring items eventually. So that, you can combo that, what, that. Is that the like SP adhesives? Eventually. There's like a certain point where she'll sell, sell you like infinite amounts of, of SP items. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I don't know if they're adhesives or not, but it's a certain kind of medicine. And so those, like, as far as the game goes and what you should be doing, those are the ones that you should be focusing on. But I I, I like her, and I, I've also, I don't know, On's a cool character. I feel like as far as, like, being a quarter American, I think is what she is, and, and coming into the game and being, like, also an outcast, um... Oh, it, is that, just, that that's why she's good? Is that why she's good with English yeah. in school? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. That makes sense, son. Yeah. So every character has like this whole outcast vibe to them, and I think we're gonna pick up more of that as you go. It's it's not like the most popular people that end up being your friends. It's like every single person is an outcast. Yeah, I th- I think uh one of the most uh, not one of the most rewarding uh, points in the game, but definitely something I, I was immensely satisfied with after I did it was uh. Early on, you can't um, increase your confidant rank with on because um, she you, you keep getting like a message that she's depressed or she's feeling down, um, and you you have to get your kindness level up before yeah. you can actually 
um, you know, engage in any type of activity with her. And and so when I finally got my kindness rank from, uh, oh God, do you remember what it was? It was like not, uh, shoot, I forget. You, it's from one to two though. It's really, yeah. it's like not level two, regard. whatever it is. I, I don't know what it is. Your kindness has to be like generous or something. Yeah, and so yeah. Uh, something like that. Um, but finally, when I got it from one to two, because that was, I, I'm just trying to, when I'm doing my character in the game, I'm just trying to make it well-rounded. There's not really yeah. any. and I think that's the best way to do it. Okay, yeah. So, I, you know, I got I got most of my other things to, to two or something, and then I think kindness was, like, the last one, and I had gotten this, that same message anytime I tried to approach her, and I was like, finally, once everything else I think was two, I was like, all right, I'm getting my kindness up. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to yeah. watch a movie. I'm going to do something here to get it up. And uh, and then when I finally did, and I was finally able to, like, uh, you go out for, to dinner or lunch with her or something, uh, and you kind of finally get to have that uh, activity that increases your confidant ranking with her. And I was just like, yes, I got it. Like, and uh, that, that was cool. That only actually happens. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because knowing what I know about persona, this only happens a couple times in the game where you have to have like a certain level to increase a confidant ranking, whether that's oh, okay. in like guts or charm or kindness or, or whatever. And that's one of the earliest. There's also something later in the game that's guts. There's something later that's also proficiency. But you have to, like, work on these things to become better at, like, being a, an all-around good person. And it's a little psychotic as far yeah. as like, the main character goes. <laughs> like, you just have to, like, keep track of how well you've done. Like, oh, I'm going to go work at the flower shop to become more kind. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> it, is, it is i mean from that from that point of view but it's also just like it can also from like a a more uh you know zoom out a little bit on the scope and it's just like this person is just trying to work on themselves you know yeah i mean yes you know you as the player like are looking at a chart and looking at all the numbers and stuff but i think i think uh i would like to think maybe the actual person i don't know it's now i'm getting a little kind of into it um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never mind. Too much, but yeah, I think I think just generally, it's just a person trying to work on themselves. Maybe, man, maybe if I wasn't so, uh, what's the? I don't know. You get the point, though. Uh, <laughs> if I wasn't so vain, maybe I could actually go make some friends. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't such a dick, like you know, maybe I should stop hanging out with Ryuji. Damn it! <laughs> Great. Well, Chris, I say we take a quick few minute break and then we talk about the battle system and the actual dungeon crawling. Definitely. Uh, I'm down for it. Now's your chance to grab a beer, y'all. Here's some persona music. Enjoy. Listening to you eat chips for like five minutes. <laughs> Fantastic. 
Ugh. That's how I fall great. asleep. I record myself eating chips, and then I fall asleep with headphones on or earbuds in, and just that sweet crunching of my, my teeth going at it. That <laughs> sweet, sweet crunch. <laughs> that gets me to sleep every single night. All right, you ready to get back to it? Um, just let me eat this last chip. Okay. Um. Bing! Joe from the future here. Um... Just wanted to say I intentionally left this in. Uh, Chris is about to groan. It's real funny. Okay, bye. Your new kitchen looks quite a bit like our old kitchen. It's a... Yeah, that's that's one of the things I looked for whenever I was looking for apartments. I was like, can I match the kitchen almost exactly? I love that. I think I did a really good job. I love that. Mm. Um... I've been timing you, and it's been 20 seconds to you ate one chip. I'm cleaning up, you know? <laughs> Eating Doritos is like an activity. You All might as well right. just clear your whole schedule. All right. So now we're back, and we're talking about the battle system in Persona 5 Royal. And the reason why I think it's so important to talk about the battle system is because it's A really 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 good b very different from persona 4 or any other games like pokemon that you might play even though it has some similarities to something like a a pokemon or a uh, fire emblem in some ways and like the ways that uh, elemental attacks work but that's what i want to get to now is like how much i love this battle system and some of my complaints with it so First and foremost, I really like the mechanics behind baton passing and how if you hit a weakness or have a technical attack, you can pass your second move onto someone else and then continue passing it until you get to a point where you get to save some SP. So that's cool, and that's my favorite part about it. But Chris, what do you think about all of it? Um, I like uh, I like all-out attacks. I, uh, mm-hmm. so like, so you do a yeah. lot of, you, you do a lot of, um, the, the important thing about this, this battle system is it's like, it's simple enough that you, uh, can, it's very, it's pretty easy to grasp onto like by the, uh, you know, within the first few hours of, or a couple hours of doing like the first palace, you pretty much probably have it down already as to yeah. how you should go in and out of each fight. When you well, should... okay, kind of, right? Like, at least you understand, like, the very basics of elemental attacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, may- may- maybe not, like, knowing, like, the hidden tricks of the trade kind of thing. But, uh, you know, you-, you, have your, you have your gun attack, you have a, your basic melee attack, and then you have your different persona attacks. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it's very, it can feel almost repetitive, uh, you know, going in and out of fights, kind of, you know, targeting the same weaknesses, this and that, uh, yeah. on certain enemies. Um, all out attacks, um, where you get the the main theme of Persona Five rolling, and you get the cool comic book graphic almost of like all four of the characters coming up on the screen. It's really sure. like I get immense enjoyment and satisf- uh like an immense level of satisfyingness. Um, anytime satisfaction, all- <laughs> satisfaction, <laughs> and anytime I do an all-out attack, um, so that that to me is the most fun. Uh, sure. You're supposed to you're supposed to kind of try and capture certain personas 
um, as if they were Pokemon. Uh, and, yeah. How do you and, feel about this? Um, it's cool. Um, but again, <laughs> most of the time, I would just rather do an all-out attack and finish the fight. I think it's much easier for me to just hit triangle and just be like, oh, shit, we're doing it again, yeah. uh, than for me to go into a dialogue with the persona to try and uh, sway them to join my team. So, but you still get a similar amount of, of, of experience and a similar amount of like everything that would go oh, yeah. along with it. But um, boy, do I love that theme. And when it plays yeah. and I get to see my characters kick butt, I am into it. <laughs> I am too. It's a really good animation. I've actually, so I watched this video on YouTube while I was um, like, I'm, I'm really into this game. So I, I watch a lot of shit about it. And there's this like guy who will take, apart pieces of animation from video games and dive into what makes them so cool. And he really dove into the all out attack animation from persona five and how it like works really well to flatten enemies by making them dark and to make it like super stylized by having all of the different, um, uh, uh, like shades of red and white in it. And, um, I love the way that it's, it functions but it's also really interesting because the way that you get personas in this game, uh, to your point, by bartering with them if they get low enough and like weakening them, and instead of doing all, an all-out attack, you can say like, "Join my team." Yeah. Um, it's so different in this game than Persona Four, but no less important. And I think that that's something that, as I'm playing through this, I'm realizing because, um. So later, later in the game, and, and you'll realize this the more that you play, the more personas that you have at any given time, the more that you can summon from the compendium, which is essentially something that says, like, you have owned this persona, you can resummon them, you don't have to go back into a dungeon to get them. So you, you, you want to get as many personas as possible, because whenever it comes time to fuse different personas and to use the, like, fusion mechanic of, like sacrificing two to create one yeah the best way to do that is by having as many personas as possible that you can go back into your compendium and summon once you fuse people to fuse other people and so that's why it's so important in the end game um but i understand your your whole thing with the all-out attacks they're (laughs) fucking cool man yeah to to talk to talk a little bit about the i i guess uh uh you the velvet room aspect of the game uh yeah with uh with fusing uh personas igor uh, and the twins and like your ability to look at what personas you've already had and summon personas you've already had and fuse two old personas into new personas it's like a big thing this to me is the biggest part of the game that is still really lost on me like a lot of people who like start this i game would say the same thing yeah i mean I, I every now and then I, I feel like I'm supposed to watch a video as to what I could be doing better and how I should be doing this. Uh, but then I feel like I'm still early on in the game. Yeah. And I can, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's probably not a big deal. Like you said, I should I think you're supposed to go around and maybe try and capture like if you see a new almost like a Pokemon. Like if you see if you were to see a new Pokemon in the wild playing the Pokemon game, you would try to catch it, you know, to add it to your Pokedex. Yeah, it's kind of a similar thing, and so I, I try to uh, keep that kind of uh, 
frame of mind whenever I'm going into these battles against different personas. And, and you I, don't need to catch more than one. There is no situation where you really need right. to catch more than one unless unless you're trying to like level up a specific persona, in which case like the you could grind other personas anyway. Like there's no real good reason to do that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I mean uh but that that's the so I, I try and catch like one if I know I haven't come across the persona before uh or I'll, I'll try and capture it or, and have it join my team. But uh, when it comes to the fusion and stuff, that, that stuff is, like, totally lost on me. Like, I've done it a yeah. few times just to try and get, like, you know, you, you try and just from my very basic and simple outlook on it, you you try and fuse personas um, to get higher levels, possibly, and to also you, you try and retain um, abilities that, like, your other um, party members don't have. You know, mm-hmm. you want to have a well-rounded team, you know, and because exactly, only, especially only... To, to take advantage of elemental weaknesses. Right. And so, yeah. so, so, so like from the, so those are the only two things I'm really trying to do whenever I fuse personas. Um, mm-hmm. But aside from that, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> I go in this room and I, I see these different options and, and it tells me I can't make a persona higher than my current level. And I'm like, what's this BS? Like, come on, man. Like. So that's, it's not a spoiler, but one reason why it's so important to build up the Ryuji confidant and then eventually the twins confidant is because the Ryuji confidant allows you to go into mementos later in the game. Mm -hmm. And if an enemy is lower level than you or significantly, it's like two or three levels lower than you, you can just run them over and you don't lose, nothing happens. You don't lose SP, you don't lose HP, but you get experience and money. Oh, that's pretty cool. And the reason why that's so important, if you want to cheese the game a little bit, or if you want to make it a whole lot easier on yourself, which I like to do because I like the story, and if I cheese it a little bit and it's within the realm of what I'm allowed to do, and I'm not cheating, I'm here for it. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So with Persona, specifically Persona 5, you can at a certain point, start summoning and creating personas that are at a higher level than you. But, but, there's a big but, you have to pay for it depending on how many higher levels they are than you at that current level. And you get this ability through the twins, but if you have gotten to the point where you're in mementos and you're just raking in money, it doesn't matter. You can cheese the game and whenever you're level like 30, you can get a level 50 or 60 persona so long as you confuse it and as long as you have the money to do it so that's a big thing as far as fusions go um my two cents on fusions is that i try to get every persona and then if i have enough money i will fuse new personas from those up to the level that i am and then i'll try to go and get more personas that i don't have or i will go and like I don't know. I'll, I'll try to like fuse them and then get ones that I, I need to build my confidant relationships. So one thing the game doesn't tell you, and, and this is where I, I want to talk about how like the battle system and the persona system ties into like the daily routine and the confidant system. A rule of thumb that you should always follow in these games that I didn't realize until way too late playing through my first playthrough of Persona 4 Golden is that anytime you're going to spend time with the Confidant, so anytime you're going with Ryuji, An, Takemi, whoever it is, yeah, uh, Sujira, 
you want to make sure that you have a corresponding persona of that arcana. So as an example, if we're looking at, we've talked a lot about Takemi, so let's talk about Takemi. Um, let's say that you're going to do one of her clinical trials. Hooray. Hooray. You're taking a shot. I'm LMFAO taking a shot. Style. I'm going in, you know, yes. my, my life can, you know, can go to hell for two or three hours because I am going to be knocked out probably. Like any other Saturday night. This is typical yeah. <laughs> in the life of Chris. Um, <laughs> but you always want to have a persona of the death arcana in your party because that will build your relationship with that confidant an additional amount. Oh, okay. So if you're going to spend time with, I think, uh, Sojima is Hierophant. On is Lovers. Ryuji is Chariot. You want to have a Chariot or Lovers or Hierophant persona in your party so that that relationship grows stronger than it would otherwise. And the way to do that sometimes is through fusions. Sometimes it's through just who you automatically have in your party. Other times, it's by making sure that you had registered that persona by picking them up and having them after the end of a battle. And then you, if you, ha if you have them after the end of a battle, you can bring them anytime. You can summon them whenever. If you choose to take them into your party, but then you don't take them and you keep the ones that you already had, you can't summon them later. That's like a very big thing. Wait, say that one more time. If, I'm learning here. Okay. Okay, so let's say you're facing Jack Frost in a battle. Jack Frost. I know yeah. who Jack Frost is. And you talk to him, and you invite him to your party. Yeah. But you already have Pixie and Bicorn and the mud guy that's fucking creepy. You have all of them muck. in your party. Yeah. yeah. Muck. muck. Uh, Persona Muck. Persona Muck. Um, and you choose to get rid of Jack Frost, even though you just asked him to join your party. You cannot then go back and summon him later. Okay. But gotcha. if you get rid of Pixie and put him into your party, automatically, whenever you want for the rest of the game, he is in your quote-unquote Pokédex, and you can like go in and summon him at any point later in the game. Right, right. Okay. Does that make sense? I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of gone into the Velvet Room and the menu and that, uh, a little bit. Um yeah, I, I've seen like where you can register, and you can. I think I think I was really bummed out that I lost the um, first persona I had from for the Joker to like fusion because the game kind of. Forced yeah, Arsene, the one that's in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, I was like really yeah. bummed because I, I lost him to like having to do the fusion thing early. It makes on. you fuse him. Yeah, and so but I was you can really... bring him back immediately. I did that, and then I <laughs> then I immediately fused him again, and I was like. Well, that was kind of a bum. But I fused them into something really cool that I didn't have before. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. it's kind of fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I get what you're saying, though. It, it, that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah. I, I know we were talking about the battle system, and I know that there's probably a lot that we're missing about the way that you summon personas. But what I'm saying in general is you always want to have a persona of that specific arcana, whether it's death or lovers or hierophant or moon or or the fool or like whatever arcana it is for the rest of the game 
before you go talk to someone and spend time with them and make time go by with Yuji or An or whoever, you want to make sure that you have in your party a persona of that arcana. Yeah. That's good to know. I mean, that, that's no, one of the only rules of thumb that you have to follow playing Persona that you should follow. You don't have to follow it, but it will make sure it'll make the best use of your time. Yeah, I'll have to go back and make sure I can, you know, go through and have a. I've never thought about that. Um, so yeah. You might have done it by accident up to this point because there's a they they intentionally do that and eventually they explain to you that you should do that. But like, it's a good thing to do. Good to just know. off the bat. Um. Um, so, so I want to ask you, Chris, no, before we get to that, I want, I want to ask you what you think of, of technical attacks because we've talked, I mean, weaknesses kind of make sense. Like if someone's flying a lot of the time you want to use ice. Yeah. If, if someone looks like they are grassy, you want to use fire. Yeah. If someone's watery, you probably want to use electric. Like a lot of the time it's self-explanatory. If someone has wings, just shoot them. (laughs) If someone has wings, shoot them. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So in the case of technical attacks, it's a little more interesting than that. Have you picked up on any of it yet? Uh, Yeah, I put I put enemies to sleep a lot Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what what type or what situation triggers a technical after that. But I know that a technical will usually happen after I put an enemy to sleep. Yeah. I use that Demifuru attack. Yeah. That I don't know how to pronounce. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> but technicals are cool. I dig it. I do, it makes more sense in Persona 5 Royal, but still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I like cuz I feel like I, I feel like there are times where I've put an enemy to sleep and then I It's inconsistent. And then I don't get like the the next uh turn I don't like the next person's attack, I, I don't trigger the technical for some reason. Like none of their abilities will have the technical. But I'm just like, I'm just like, all right. Like at least the enemy is asleep. Like you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't truly understand it, but it works enough that it hasn't like angered me enough to where I make a big uh, make a big deal about it. Sure. But I think it's cool though. It, it's like it adds. You know, like I said, I don't, even though I don't get it all the time, it adds another kind of variant to the battle system um, aside from just like weaknesses. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I dig it. Um, um, so moving on then to some of the like more nuanced pieces of like how you manage time within each individual dungeon, because this is one of the things that whenever you're newer to persona, I think it's the biggest difference versus whenever you've played it a lot or like in my case, I played through Persona 4, so I know how important SP management is whenever you're going through a dungeon. Um, And that's not something that's as important um, in a lot of other RPGs. You have some, like, versions of this in, in, like, Fire Emblem because the battles are so long and you want to stock up beforehand, or Pokemon whenever you're going through Victory Road, I think is probably the closest thing to this it's like just a lot of victory roads but like a whole lot less annoying yeah um so what are your thoughts on like the the need to conserve resources to get from the start of a dungeon or palace or whatever it ends up being for the rest of the game i have no idea yeah um (laughs) to the end of it because it's not something that's like typical for a lot of games but it's it is something that is very important to persona and being able to like make the most of your time is is managing resources. 
Yeah, so you have to you have to kind of walk a fine line um, between. So whenever you're in Persona and you're playing and you're in like the certain battle in battles and stuff, um, the the go to I think is to just um, immediately use SP or not uh, well not well yeah use SP but like use your Persona's abilities right like like a uh, fire attack or wind attack or, or something or, like Bufu for fire. Garu for wind. Yeah. Uh, or B- Bufu is, I guess, ice. Uh, fire is agi. Yeah. Yeah, so, stuff like so that. You, so you want to, like... So, so the go-to is to just immediately, like, hone in on these attacks. And if you... If, if your opponent is weak to certain attacks, then I think it makes sense. But I try and not, you know... I, I try to... Okay, if I don't have a persona ability that is um, weak to my, you know my opponent or something then maybe I should use the um, like basic melee attack or maybe I should maybe use the gun attack um, yeah whenever I first went into Kamishida's palace uh, it was just and it, it, it kind of makes sense too in the game because you're trying to figure out who's weak to what so you do just have you do I think just use an onslaught of SP like to find to kind of um, add like this information of like you know, who's weak to what and whatnot uh, mm-hmm. to your like data bank so that it will come up in future battles um, when you face these per- different personas. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough because uh, like I said, you try and you try and conserve SP, but it's the most like flashy and like fun way to go through battles. Um, but I'm getting better at trying to conserve it. If it, if the battle doesn't really call for it, um, what's good about the palaces is that you can, if you don't, you don't have to, it's not just a one shot that you have to do palaces in. You can leave yeah. palaces. You can do um, them in as many times as you want, Yeah, but it but takes time every, it takes a day every time you go in. Yeah. And so, and so for that reason, you, you try and knock it out in a, in a couple days. Um, I think we both did Kamashita's palace in, I think I, I did it in one day. I did it in um, one day too. Yeah, I was I was almost dead by the end of it. I was struggling. Did, did you do any grinding once you finished it, or were you like, "I'm out. This is it." Um, I did a little. I went down to the basement a little bit, and I I did uh, a handful of um, uh, battles and stuff against enemies, but I didn't think the XP I was getting was like significant enough. Like I, I felt like I they scale had- it. Yeah, I felt like yeah. I would have had to be down there for like an hour or two, and and by the by that point, once I was actually done with it, I was just like, yeah, I'm just done with this. On the um, top floor, there there was an enemy that so so I still had a couple people with SP and and a couple people who had like like um, on could put people to sleep, so I still had some opportunity for technical attacks, and there were people who were weak to gun, like yeah. the gun element, and so. I don't know how I did it, but I ended up grinding up to level, like, almost the end of level 12, almost level 13, before I, I left the first palace and, like, went into the boss fight, which I think made that boss fight way easier for me. Yeah, that, I, I think I was at 11 when I, when I, um, when I left the palace, um, mm. after having secured the infiltration route, um, but that, that boss fight was intense, um, I loved it. And, and just didn't. just before we get into that, I just want to say that like the way that palaces work and dungeons work um, is it's like a three or four hour thing where you work your way through it from safe room to safe room 
battling enemies, solving puzzles. Um, and th- in a lot of ways, it's like a puzzle game while well, you're on your way through it too. And, and this is like a big part of this game that you do all in like one foul sweep versus the rest of it, which is like the building relationships with confidants and, and preparing to go into the palaces. But like, this is kind of like the thing that you're preparing to do. And whenever you do it, it's like this big high stress, like every item that you've saved up, every weapon that you've been working towards, every relationship that you've built has some impact on the way that the palace works. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's, a. Uh... Yeah, like you said, it's it's really high tense. It's not it's not necessarily at the beginning. You know, at the beginning you have everyone at full health, at full SP, and you're just going through knocking back enemies. Um, but man, like I said, when I finished Kamoshida's Palace, I mean, I, I had a couple of party members with one HP. I had yeah. you know a couple with no SP, and I was just like I was sweating, <laughs> and uh, you know, but I felt really satisfied knowing that I. Um, you know, I did 100% the palace. I, I went into every room. I, what are those things called that when you get all three of them, they give you SP or something? So uh, the will seeds were interesting because I was under the impression that every time you got a will seed, you would have completely renewed SP. And everywhere <laughs> online said it will renew your SP. You'll get SP. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get SP for doing this. I'm going to like be able to one-shot this palace because I have an unlimited amount of SP. And yeah. like, no, I didn't. Yeah, it, it does It does like what, like 20% everyone's SP or something? Yeah, it bring, it's, it it's not enough. Bit. Yeah, it's, it, that's it, that's a good way of putting it. It's, it's not nearly enough. Um, but I did go through the palace and I, I got all of those. Um, and yeah, it was a... It's cool, like you said. It, t- it took about three or four hours, um, but it was a. Uh, it's really cool, and especially with Kamoshia's palace, um, the game is still kind of walking your hand through the battles and stuff, and yeah, and you know, hiding behind corners and, and how ambushing to sneak up enemies. on people. Yeah. How how did you get good at ambush ambushing people pretty quickly? No. So <laughs> something I didn't realize whenever I first played it is if you're hiding, regardless of if someone's gonna walk by you, they can't see you no matter what. This and makes, the game never this explains sense. that to you. Yeah, I thought that if you were hiding and they walked to the side of you, they could see you and like whatever. But if you're hiding anywhere, even if you're right beside them, they can't see you. I can't tell you how many times I had someone walk past me while I was hiding and I mashed every button on my controller because I freaked out. I freaked out and I, I know something I wasn't supposed to. That is and- one of the most unclear things about this game. And I did the same thing. And whenever I read about that online, someone posted about it on the persona Reddit. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Cause I was doing the same thing as you. I was like running away from people thinking I was going to get seen. Yeah. I never even thought like I was trying to be good at the game. I never even thought like, Oh, what if I don't do anything? Yeah. It, it's, it makes sense because it's happened. It happened to me uh, a choice like few times or something where, where I was like, where I thought I was going to be made, and and then didn't end up, you know, being seen, and I was just like, or caught, and I was just like, oh sh- yeah. snap! But I never, I, I guess maybe I just chalked it up into my head, in my head, like it was just some kind of like, oh maybe the enemy just really didn't see me or something, you know? Uh, I, but I didn't think me actually being hidden like just covered me entirely. That's really good to know. I can't keep so, that in mind. So this episode, let's take it to the end of. Kamashita's Palace. And let's talk through 
what that battle with Kamashita was like because I thought it was really cool whenever you finally like get to the battle and like obviously there's a lot that comes in between that you expose his heart you send a calling card and that whole thing is like a little bit convoluted um so I think to anyone who's playing this game for the first time you make your way through the castle and another day you can do whatever you want but then you send a calling card and then the day after you send the calling card, you have to go and battle him. Yeah. No preparations, nothing. So you make your preparations, send the calling card, and the next day you go after school. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you you secure your infiltration route so you know how to get from the start of the palace. I mean, you don't actually end up running back through the palace. Um, mm-hmm. You start at the beginning, but then I know, I know in Kemishita's palace there was a safe room you could immediately teleport to basically, and then you could walk right in on Kamishida and you start the boss fight. Um, but yeah. Can I, you I imagine thought, not knowing that you could do that and, like, going the whole way through it again? That's kind of... I, th- I think that crossed my mind at one point, and then I, I remembered that you can just uh, fast travel through, you know, to different safe rooms in the palace, and I yeah. wasn't sure it was going to necessarily be that easy, but I'm really glad it was because... I was like, I was like, well, then what was the point of me like running through the palace in one day? Like, if I was just gonna have to do it again. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So, so yeah, that, that was cool. Um, the boss fight with Kamashita though was really painful. Um, I, it took me two or three tries. The first time I didn't know what I was doing, so like I died pretty quick. Not quickly, but like when I was, you know, the second or third time when I knew what I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. I died the first time because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but essentially you have to, uh, you have to steal Kemoshida's crown during the fight. And so you right. send a party member to do that, hoping that he won't know this, but the number of turns it took me between when I sent that character to go get the crown and when they actually got the crown was way too many. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time because the first time I didn't, I didn't get, I think you have to deplete Kemishia's health bar like enough. A before. certain amount before things happen. Yeah. It's not like a set number of turns. It's like a set amount of damage. Right. And so, uh, and so I, the first time I did it in the, in the, uh, in the, in the boss fight, when I actually defeated him, the first time I did, it, I did not get him down that percentage of health. And so I sent Morgana both times and Morgana, <laughs> Morgana ended up coming back the first time saying like, you know, or he he's uh, he gets caught like while he's trying to do it, and so Morgana comes back, and I'm just like, Morgana, what the fuck were you trying? To, what was, what were you doing out there? And so I sent him the second time, and each turn that I didn't, I didn't really feel like I was doing a lot of damage to Kamashita the entire time. Yeah, like I thought I was doing everything I could, like um, with using you know my more powerful personas and. Uh, with using the right attacks in this, but it still felt to me that it took too many turns. And then once Morgana finally did get it, I was just like, oh my gosh, thank the Lord, because I was almost certain that like if one more turn had passed, I wasn't going to get it. Like I was terrified. Well, I, I also think that, um, I don't know if there's a right or wrong person to send. I sent Ryuji and it didn't do that. Ryuji never came back and got caught and like whatever. But the attacks that, um, that, that Kamashita did with like the volleyball that could like one hit kill you. It really yeah. teaches you like you really have to guard in this game and you really have to use buffs and debuffs. And I think that's something that is so unlike other RPGs where you actually like 
it makes a big difference to like buff your characters like Rakujara and Rakunda and stuff like that. Like the spells that increase your defense, increase your offense, decrease your opponent's defense, decrease your opponent's offense. Those are things that like, if you can use those to your advantage, huge, they make a huge difference in, in like the flow of a fight. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, like you were saying, I didn't really, um, Hey, uh, I didn't really ever use like I have. I've got uh, two or three people on my team who have something that can raise my attack for yeah. a number of turns or something. Um, that might have been helpful at some point for me during that fight because, like I said, there was a time you know during the fight I just never felt like I was doing enough damage turn in and turn out, and that's what made the um, when I sent Morgana to go get the crown. That's what made that so kind of frustrating. Was I was just like I was hit i was doing all these attacks and i just didn't feel like i was doing enough and uh right but yeah i definitely did have to guard definitely for the volleyball um that was terrifying (laughs) like i saw the ball go up in the air and and there was there was definitely a time or two i didn't guard probably as much as i should have and so anytime i saw that ball go up in the air it was a terrifying experience um especially because like it brings in characters, right? Like it brings in Mishima and it brings in Shiho to like do that. I don't think yeah. it did that in the original one. I think it did that in 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 Royal, but not the OG game. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I. Uh, so yeah, um, do you have anything else to add about the fight? I thought the I thought the fallout or the what comes after the fight I thought was really like. Um, I, I it really. It really took me off guard uh, how everything worked out like we thought it was going to. Like, yeah. like Kamashio's, Kamashio's heart is actually changed. Like, like he confesses. Like, and that but was such, what's that? It did change. He did confess, but they also convinced him to go back to his body. His shadow went back to his body as opposed to them having to like kill his shadow. And I I suspect, I don't know because I don't know the story and someone else is listening to this and has played the game. It's probably like these idiots. But um, <laughs> like, I think something's going to happen that like plays with that, like that, that maybe makes it so that someone doesn't go back and like someone stays evil or someone like has the mental breakdown that they're discussing. And like, yeah. that's maybe what causes uh, Sai to eventually find Joker yeah, that's possible. Those uh, those flash forwards are very is, are very still like convoluted. Like I still don't understand no. um, what's happening. We have a whole thing where Joker's like in a uh, be, he's being detained and he's being questioned by Psy, and I still have no idea what that's about. But yeah, I mean that Me we'll neither. eventually get to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but I just I really thought um, yeah, I just I, it was such a cool um, kind of moment in the game. I thought when when Kamashio actually confesses to everything and you, and you know, and people start to get the phantom and on comes forward and says that like, that's not everything. And he like specifically says, and I also forced on into a relationship. It's just like all of this stuff comes out and everyone's just like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I thought that was really cool. I guess, I, I guess I just thought something was going to go wrong or something. Cause there is a lot of skepticism even amongst your the members in your party as to whether or not this is going to work up until it actually happens. Yeah. And it was very rewarding to, um, to have everything come to fruition and have everything kind of end how it was supposed to. 
Uh, well, it's 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 a really tutorial, right? It. it has to go well because what happens <laughs> later in the game, they fuck with it and they fuck with you, and that's what I'm expecting, and that's what I'm excited about, and that's why this is considered one of the best games of all time. Bam, we bam. Will t- we will take our free copies now, even though we already own the game. Thank you very <laughs> much, whoever pr- makes this game. Atlas and Sega, if you want to send Persona Six our way, <laughs> great. I think we've done enough here for one. Yeah, day. this is. I <laughs> actually didn't realize game. that that Sega was like the publisher uh, or like the owners of Atlas. Uh, Atlas, I guess, technically publishes it, but Sega owns them. Oh, okay. And so, like Sonic Forces, the video game has like a Persona Joker mask that you can wear. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I got you. Um, so, to wrap this all up, um, this game, I wanted to compare it to some other games. And I wanted to look at this from the perspective of someone who hasn't played Persona. Like, what can we compare it to? And I was thinking a lot about this and how it's, like, such a unique experience. But I'm, I want to hear what you think about it. Um, I, I think – and maybe it's just in more recent memory. So I, I play a lot more – 15, 20 hour games where mm-hmm. they're action adventure games. You have a story, you get in, you get out, you're basically done unless you want to yeah. like further yourself with trophies or achievements or stuff. Um, so in terms of length already, um, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I can draw some comparisons to fire emblem three houses mm-hmm. um, with trying to, cause it, I guess maybe that's the last game I've had to work on uh, certain character stats or you know well, and there's like all of these advantages. different phases of that game right yeah. like there's the intro phase there's the like interhouse phase there's like the stuff that comes after that and then there's once once like the you're school to, falls you're trying to get different characters um what do they call it in fire emblem uh their support levels up with each other yeah um yeah that kind of remind kind of makes me think of confidant stuff um you know, and, and it's not a one-to-one comparison, obviously, but that, that's the game that comes to mind for me because it was so many different elements in that game that I had to do. I feel like in a, you know, some similar, some not so similar way, I have to do them in Persona 5 Royal. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, I think, is very Persona-inspired as far as, like, being inspired by Persona 4 and to some extent Persona 5 because it came out after Persona 5. Yeah. Um. And then Royal takes all of that and makes it better. But I think, I think, Fire Emblem Three Houses is, in my opinion, the closest comparison that you could probably make to it. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I just. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really cool. Like I said, um, you know, I, I really liked Fire Emblem Three Houses. I put, you know, ninety hours into it. Um, mm-hmm. it was really cool. And like I said, a lot of. A lot of the cool, a lot of cool things about that game, I'm you know uh, enjoying in, in Royal, uh, for sure. Um, I would also say like to to some, it's it's kind of like mature Pokemon in a lot of ways. Kind if, of. <laughs> if if you look at like like there is creature collecting, but you can't get as attached to the personas as you would get attached to a Pokemon yeah, because, because you, you literally cut, get cut off. you literally have to cut <laughs> their heads off it's nuts I it's still, so insane it's gonna get to the point where I have to skip that like like I yeah. still get shivers or chills or whatnot whenever I have to watch that scene and uh 
And just re- the, the most recent one, I the most recent fusion I did, I was I had to skip the scene. I was just like, yeah, I don't like watching a beheading of yeah, you know, these two personas that I've grown fond with, or you know, sometimes fond with, sometimes not so fond with. But in my case, I was I was kind of attached. But you to can't him. get attached. It was terrible. There's very few personas you can get attached to that can level up to a point that makes it worthwhile, especially in this game because it's so tough to get high-level skills on low-level personas. In past games, that was easy yeah, um, because of like systems that they put in place to level up skills. Not possible on this one. Not possible. Um, so I would compare it to Pokemon in some ways as far as like the leveling system goes. I, I would compare... like. If I'm thinking of the story, maybe like a, a Dragon Quest level of story that it's like super involved or like a Final Fantasy situation where it's like a super involved story that changes drastically over time. Yeah. Like new elements being introduced the entire time. Um, and then I would also compare it to something like The Sims or Animal Crossing in like a weird kind of fucked up way where you have to like build <laughs> relationships with people and give them items and make them like you, um, which is very Animal Crossing like. Yeah, true that, true that. So, uh, any, so we'll definitely. Any, the the uh, final thought that I have before before yeah. we skip out and start talking about other things and and get to the actual podcast, which if someone wants to listen to it, they can find us at the Play Sound Podcast. Um, outside of this YouTube channel, you can find us literally anywhere except for Spotify. Maybe soon I'll get us on Spotify. I don't know. The music in this game is so fucking good. Oh my oh. god! Yeah, ah, it's <laughs> it really so is. Good. Yeah, I've I never played a game with music this good. I can't believe I almost skipped out on this. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean that ma- that main theme. I've uh, never seen it coming. It's so good, and like it plays. <laughs> yeah. during almost I think if not all the battles that you do, and I if never you did. ambush. So there's an old theme. From the oh. first one, from the original Persona that you'll recognize, where if you don't ambush them, it'll play that. Boss battles have different music too, but if you ambush them, it plays a different song. And if you don't ambush them, it plays the song Last Surprise that's also very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I never get tired of it though. Like, oh my god. Oh my gosh. god, no. No. It's a perfect song. And to hear it, you know, as much as I do playing the game, it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I love it even more so because of it. Uh, fantastic. And just and just the background beats that, you know, uh, are playing while you walk from, like, school or while you're taking the train to somewhere. Or when you win the, a battle. Da, all da, very da, good. Da, da, da. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And that that is so iconic, they even had to put it in Smash Bros. After yeah. Joker wins, yeah. It's uh, it's so good. Like, uh, oh my gosh, it, it makes this game. I mean, this game has so many good things going for it, and uh, it's just and, this big acid we, jazz soundtrack, is what they call it. It's like this upbeat jazz music. Yeah, I feel it. That's good. That's good shit. And I just, I love it so much. It's so good. And you, you buy it on vinyl, right? Oh my god, yeah. Well, okay. So the original Persona Five has a vinyl release. And that record is on Spotify. Yeah. And I've been listening to that like insane amounts. It's so good. Really good background music. Really good like like working music. Whenever I need to like make a PowerPoint, I'll do that. Um, but it's also they're they're coming out with a sequel to it, the Persona 5 Royal soundtrack, and that's what I bought. It's a 3 LP package. 
And it looks really cool. I pre-ordered it. I'm excited to have it come. It's sold out now. I want the original Persona soundtrack. They're both very expensive, like over $100. And so it's a little bit tough, but oh, like, snap. I wanted it. Whatever. Yeah. It's a great game. It's, it's a fantastic. great experience. I love it. Yeah. So good. Love it. Um, um, great. Well, Chris, let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep it rolling. We're going to keep talking Persona, Phantom Dweebs. I don't know if we're going to go with that. Maybe <laughs> we have to at this point. I'm going to get a t-shirt. Either way, that prints that shit on there. Phantom mm-hmm. Dweebs. We'll call it something else, but as long as there's a Phantom Dweebs t-shirt, uh, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got my mellow yellow here. I can go more, but I should take a bathroom break. Great. Well, you do that. I'm going to stop the uh, nothing. I'm not going to stop the video recording. I'm just going to make a mention of where we stopped this. And we'll hop over to talk about some other podcast stuff here for uh, a little bit. Good show. Good show. Sure we got the clue. How about this we go? Don't you know? No more art. And as we look to the horizon, not a cloud. By the stormy weather, it's going to cold. Seems like it crept up out of nowhere. All around you is not what, what to foretold. You never see it coming.